We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Good morning, world, and welcome into Trust the Tape, episode number 1731, give or take. Something like that. I'm Jeff Cavanaugh at JC1053 on Twitter, alongside my co-host, the great Dane Brugler at DP Brugler on Twitter, where there is still time to get the beast. You still got the beast pinned, the draft guy? Absolutely. Pinned at the top there. If you want the most draft information you've ever seen in your life for $10, skip Chipotle for one hmm. day and get the beast and get hooked up there. Today on Trust the Tape, we will finish we'll finish up, right? This is the last divisions. We got the West. Yep. Yep. We have the West as we preview the NFL draft, mostly the first round, but the NFL draft in general. But before we do that, let's have a little fun. This is a Dane idea. NFL draft fact or fiction. We'll take some rumors, uh, some opinions, and have some fun with some of the goings on in the news right now in the NFL draft. And I'll let you pick which way we go, Dane. Well, you know, the draft is all about the quarterbacks, right? At least that's what I'm told. So let's start there. Uh, fact or fiction, at least one quarterback will go in the top 10 this year. Fact. Okay. When I think about it for a second, it sounds like I have less conviction. So hold on a second. That's a fact, Dane. <laughs> and I guarantee it. Ooh. I think the first, I still think. Well, call, call your shot. If it's a fact and you guarantee it, then where and when? And who? Three. I still, I think two could happen. I don't know why I feel like San Francisco's content to kind of tank it out for a year. Right. But I do feel like they're content to take tank it out for a year. Right. I agree. And I'm, I, I can't convince myself that a team is going to say Mike Glennon's our guy and we have no doubt and we're going to roll forever with him. So I think yeah. either um, two or three, one of them's going to go. I'll pick the number three, but that's just a gut. It's my gut that San Francisco is quite all right to not pick a guy at two and to try to find a better player or maybe even trade out. I wouldn't want to pick at two in this draft. I want no part of two. Right. You're going to pick Solomon Thomas? Sweet. He's my 10th edge. That's, that's my rankings. So, yeah, you take him at number two overall. I, I will say quarterback goes in the top three. The quarterbacks this year are fascinating. And, you know, I, I, there are a lot of mock drafts out there. And the people that I trust, you know, I, I read maybe two or three mock drafts out there. Uh, other than myself, and God, there's two people in the whole world that Dane trusts. Yeah, basically, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, but uh, you know, they, some of these mocks don't have quarterback until the 20s. Uh, you know, I mean, it just it just doesn't happen. This isn't an right, e- exactly. This isn't an EJ Manuel draft. No, me. I think this is 2014. You know, we've mentioned it before. When the day before the draft, we had no idea. Okay, could Manziel go top 10? Like that. That was that was the talk then. Uh, would, where was Blake Bortles going to go? Teddy Bridgewater, I thought that was the best player in the draft that year. You know, where was he going to end up? And then, of course, Derek Carr. And then, Don't just say, of course, Derek Carr. Say, and Jeff, of course, you had Derek Carr as the top quarterback. Uh, uh, and that I, cancels all the out credit my, to you. That cancels out my golf. The, the, fourth, yeah, all the, the fourth quarterback drafted that, that year is turning out to be the best. But, you know, here in the next day when the draft gets going, quarterback goes number three overall. And I agree with you. I think that is fact, and I think it could be like, 2014, 
and we have a surprise quarterback at, say, number three. I, you look at Mike Glennon in Chicago. Uh, are you really going to bank on him to be the, the savior? Uh, I mean, he could be, at best, he ends up being that guy. At worst, he's maybe an expensive bridge quarterback. And if that's the case, then you have, say, a Mitch Trubisky waiting in the wings to take over as that top quarterback next year, two years from now, whenever it may be. I, I agree with you. I, I do think that we're going to see a quarterback top 10. If it's not three, I agree with you on, on San Francisco at two. Uh, I, th- I still think the Jets at number six, you can't rule them out. I think they're another team that's ready to tank. But if you're Mike McCagnan, if you're Coach Bowles, uh, can you really afford to not have a plan moving forward? I think at least drafting a Trubisky or whoever your quarterback is gives you a plan that you can sell to ownership uh, that, hey, look, this is what we're doing. Our quarterback's going to be waiting in the wings uh, to eventually take over and, you know, whatever it may be. So I agree with you. I, I do think it's fact that we will see a quarterback go top 10 this year. Uh, I do support NFL tanking, by the way. I support tanking in all sports. Like the day that you know that you can't, you don't have to be eliminated. Right. The day you know you're not going to make the postseason is the day I think you should tank. And for the Jets, that's till Brady retires. Yeah. And this isn't the, Go ahead and shut it down. <laughs> this isn't the NBA where, you know, it just, it's a lot more. Uh, frequent. It's easier to do, but you know, I, it, I, I don't, I don't disagree because it's in order to get better, you need to do what you have to do, and sometimes that means losing a few games. So, okay, well, second topic. What, what do you, what do you want to talk about? Uh, I kind of like to talk about what Bucky wrote. Bucky Brooks. I'd like to give credit to a person that's not us, which is a weird thing to do. This is all about trust the tape. Listen, you're supposed to click on it, share it. Uh, What do you do? Subscribe. Is that what you do to a podcast? Subscribe to the podcast. But I read something that I think Bucky Brooks wrote, I think it was two days ago. But I think it's a great way to talk about the NFL draft and what you would do if you were picking for a team. Because he's saying Jamal Adams is the best prospect in this draft. Not Miles Garrett. Uh, not a quarterback, Jamal Adams, who in today's NFL, I guess positions can be kind of fluid where it's not, you don't have to really say he is this. Right. But if you had to say that, you would say he is a strong safety. Right. Which is one of the least valuable positions on the field. And when you say that, you don't mean like... I don't mean it as a knock. I mean, right. like offensive it's... tackle is positionally more important. Right. Center is more important. Guard might be more important. That's probably the battle. Guard and strong safety. Right, exactly. That's kind of... Because it depends on what they're asked to do. I mean, not all strong safeties are built the same. But right. for the most part, I, I would agree. Yes. I want Cam Chancellor on my team. Right. I want a guy that's setting Zach a tone. I want Morton on my team. Right. But, you know, it's all things relative, you know, you instead of a top-tier strong safety, you'd rather have a top-tier corner. So I guess the question is fact or fiction. Jamal Adams is the best prospect in this draft, Dane. I, I mean, I, it's fiction for me. I, clearly, what we've talked about Miles Garrett this whole time, uh, it's fiction. But, okay, here, I'll change it a little bit. Fact or fiction, Jamal Adams is a top-three prospect in this class. I think it's fiction that he's the best prospect. Right. I think well, I, I, I think that it's a – I hate having to give a nuanced answer to a question instead of just saying fact or fiction. Do I think he's one of the three best guys at doing whatever you're going to want him to do? I actually do. You know, just watching tape and writing down who I think the best players are, I think Jamal Adams is definitely a top five player, maybe a top three player. It all comes down to the positional value because he – and so what do you mean by top three prospect, I guess would be the question, because 
Could I use a top three pick? I don't think so. So you're a general manager. But I'm not going to miss. So maybe right. I could. Right. I'm not going to miss if I pick well, Jamal. And, and that's the discussion. I'm absolutely not going to miss. Right. And, and I, I tweeted this the other day, but he's, I would argue that you are more excited about his floor than you are about his ceiling as a player. 100%. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. It's just how do you equate that to draft value? And, you know, because there's something to be said about not missing and not busting. If you're the Chicago Bears, uh, you know, GM Pace and the head coach Fox, can you, you can't afford to whiff, but can you afford to take a safe player uh, right. who might not have the star potential in terms of Pro Bowls, but he's going to be a solid starter and you have a good idea what he's going to bring to the field, what he's going to bring to the locker room? Uh, I think that's something that is important when you talk about Jamal Adams is the impact that he brings off the field. Yeah, uh, you know he's that alpha attitude. Uh, you know he's just he's that natural leader that halfway through his rookie year he's going to be one of the the top leaders in your locker room. And there's something to be said for that. How that uh, you know how that works into the value I, that's obviously something that can be debated. So if you are a GM and you're building your board, and let's just say for argument's sake, it's you know you have your quarterback, so take quarterback out of the equation, and you don't have a, a clear need. You're kind of you know you have uh, some needs all over, but not that clear number one need. Where does Jamal Adams you know rank for you on your board? Is he a top three player, top five? Player? He's definitely a top five player. So my top five now. Can I now while I'm kicking out positional value, can I also Kick out red flags and just talk about the players. Well, you have to. I think you have to address it like if you were a GM. Okay. okay. So you have all things included. Because if I can kick it all out, I, I, then I can make a shocking statement. I could say Joe Mixon is the top prospect card. in this draft. Wild card. Like if I can just go off tape, I can right. say yeah, he's a prototype. Like he's the dude. So you like him that much? I do. Do you I like do. him more than Zeke last year? No, but I think it's. I think it's flip a coin, almost. I think it's almost flip a coin. So if Zeke was in this draft, he'd be They'd both number be, two prospect. It would maybe? be something along the line. Like my top five would be something like Miles Garrett, Zeke, Mixon, Jamal <laughs> Adams, Jonathan Allen, Corey Davis. Okay, something like okay. that. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm a big fan of the football player. Yeah, Joe uh, Mixon. I agree. A very big fan. And, and there's he's a better receiver than Zeke. What have and what have we said? All along, I agree with that. What have we said all along that, you know, we mentioned this the last few episodes that you're willing to take Joe Mixon in the second round. Why wouldn't you take him earlier? If you're I willing agree. to take him in the in the third round, why wouldn't you take him earlier? And it obviously you want bang for your buck. So, you know, you're not going to take him top 10 when you feel pretty good. You could probably get him around later. But in terms of just, you know, taking one on the chin, you know, PR wise and uh, understanding what it, Everything that comes with that, with the baggage, I'm with you. And that, maybe we save that, you know, for the next factor fiction. That all right? Factor fiction. Joe Mixon will be a top forty pick. Forty. And we, we, we're going higher and higher every week. Well, we should be going higher and higher because he should go in the first round. But hey, are they allowed to suspend a guy for something that happened like four years ago? Can Goodell just kind of like if Mixon went in the first round? Could Goodell be so mad that he says, "By the way, he's suspended for eight games." I don't think that. I mean, he enters the. I think he enters the league with like a strike already. Okay, but top forty, top forty, top forty. I'll. I'm going to say fact. He goes top forty. Okay. Uh, I don't have the picks in front of me, but I don't think he could get past a second round Colts or Bengals pick. And I don't know if either one of them goes again in the top forty. 
Okay, well, Cincinnati picks 41. I'll pick that as the mixing floor. Okay. 41 is the mixing floor, which would make me wrong. That would make it fiction that he t- goes in the top 40, Dane. The floor meaning that's the that's the earliest he would go. Or that's no, the latest he latest. would go. Do you think 40, he will he will go 41 top 41? 41 is the latest that he will go. Okay. He's too good. I No, I agree. He's too good. And it's not like six months ago he did something. Well, unless you count tearing up a parking ticket. I don't remember how long ago that was, but that's a minor thing. You might have torn up a parking ticket on the right. I've done day. worse than that. Uh, so I will say top 50. I, I'm not ready to go top 40, but I, I do say top 50. I just, and I think really it comes down to that there are more likely candidates top 50. Um, you have- the only thing is, is I wonder how stupid you're going to feel if somebody let you run an NFL team and you're out there and let's talk, you know, let's pick a running back that different people are high on different running backs. Alvin Kamara, Tennessee. Some people are very high on. If you're picking early in two and you pick a running back and you pick Kamara and Joe Mixon's on the board, you're going to end up looking stupid. Yeah, You're going to look stupid a year from then. You're going to look dumber two years from then. And when you get fired, you're going to look back and be like, man, Joe Mixon's the best running back in the league. And I picked Alvin Kamara. Whoops. Unless Mixon screws up again. He's not going to, Dane. You got to have more faith in people. You got to believe in the oh, good in people. I- I mean, he's on my draft board, so I've, uh, there's some faith there. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there is uh, at least a little bit of he's changed doubt his life. there. He's changed his life, Dane. Yeah, he's just don't. Ask around. Uh, okay. Uh, going back to Jamal Adams real quick, it, I think it goes back to, I think, ideally when, you know, fans talk about having a top five pick, they want star potential. They want high upside. Uh, you know, they will ideally want high floor and high upside. Well, Adams is that high floor, maybe low ceiling type of guy. I guess if your team, if your team picks Jamal Adams in the top five, are you disappointed? Oh, you'd have to tell me who's on my team. I don't think I would be disappointed because I'm. It's going to sound sexually charged. I'm turned <laughs> off by this top five. You know, I think there's a even I think, Garrett. I think I'd be happy to have Garrett, and I would feel good about the pick. Uh, at number one, but once you get past him, do I want to take the second edge when I think that the 11th edge is pretty close to the second? Like, There's so many edge players that, that are kind of bunched together there that I could go outside of the normal positional value because it's just, you know, that those, those guys, it's like, man, they're all really bunched together, right. and I know this dude is going to be really, really like, I, I think Jamal Adams is a pro bowler. He's a Pro Bowl strong you, safety. You think he is a Pro Bowl? I do. Okay. I do. I think just instinctually, I think as a tackler, I think he does offer coverage, just not single high free safety coverage, but I think he offers coverage. He is a tackler. He's a little bit of an enforcer. He He's instinctual. I think he'll force fumbles. Uh, yeah, I think I think Jamal Adams is a Pro Bowler, so I'll take him. I'll take him in the top five. Yeah, if you think he's going to be a future Pro Bowler, then uh, I agree with you. Um, I, I To me, there are two... I don't know, whatever term you want to use, game changer, difference maker, franchise player, whatever term you want to use, you know, ideally what you want a top five pick. To me, there are two of them this year, Miles Garrett and Malik Cooker. To me, those are those are the top two guys on my board. Those are the two guys I would label with that type of term that they can be a foundation piece. You but know? Hooker doesn't have perfect tape. No, no. He just could be Ed Reed. Right, and that's, <laughs> and that's right, and, and that would it, be nice. all thirty-two teams would take that. So, right. and that's obviously best case scenario. And same thing with Miles Garrett. I, 
Miles Garrett's not a guaranteed not to bust. Uh, you know, there's obviously some bust potential there. So I, I, when you're talking about top five pick, if you're talking about getting high ceiling guys, then I want Miles Garrett. I want Malik Hooker. If you want a player who has a high floor, then Jamal Adams, uh, that's your guy. And so it, it, it's an interesting conversation. We'll have to see how it how it turns out on draft weekend because Jamal Adams could go as high as two. He could slip to the bottom of the top ten. You know, I think there's going to be a lot of different opinion about Jamal Adams, the position that he plays, the value of that position, and then his overall upside in the league. I think everyone agrees he'll be pretty good. How good will probably determine you know where he goes in the top ten. Well, I think there's probably two other guys since we're talking about guys who have a really high ceiling, and maybe you do bust, but if you wanted to make a pick based on what they could be if they fulfill everything you dream. I think Malik McDowell is massive ceiling. Yeah, that's fair. And I think John Ross is okay. a super high ceiling with 36 knee operations in the last four years. Yeah, and I tweeted last night, John Ross to me is the biggest wild card. Wild card? Uh, yeah, sorry to steal your term, but uh, in the first round, because he could go top 10. I, Cincinnati at 9, uh, Buffalo at 10. I, he could go top 10. But he could also slip out of the top twenty-five because of the medicals. Uh, you know, when you when you're that size and you have the medical history that he does, both knees, his shoulder, uh, and those are just the major injuries. Not you know dealing with the minor bumps and bruises here and there. It's anyone's guess. And so, where do you feel comfortable taking a chance like that? Because uh, he's more than a four-two-two athlete. You know, I mean, he's a polished route runner. I mean, he's a game breaker. So I I, I would agree with you I, in terms of high ceiling guys. Sure, he belongs in the conversation. And then Malik McDowell, he is a top five talent in this class. Yeah. I, I think we both agree there. It's just as a player, uh, you know, when you, with McDowell, he doesn't always play like it. If your team's not doing well, guess what? Malik McDowell probably not going to be playing well. That's perfect for my team because I believe in Team, team Tank. tank. Yeah. yeah, if That's... we're not doing well, I want you to shut it down. <laughs> yeah. And then just off the field, uh, not that he's a criminal, but in terms of work ethic, in terms of uh, maturity. There's just so many questions there. See, if we if we get to like one and six, I would actually bring him a spreadsheet and I'd be like, pick your injury. You're not <laughs> playing the rest of the year. You're done. You and every other good player. And it's hard. Do you remember yourself at 20 years old? I oh, mean, I'd quit on anything. Right. So I would quit on anything. I, ideally, you want Jamal Adams, who's like the, the best leader that we've seen coming to the NFL in some time. But not all 20-year-olds are alike. I mean, I, and that's Malik McDowell. He doesn't turn 21 until the summer. And, and so it's just, it's... It's difficult when we're judging, you know, 20-year-old players who still have a lot of growing up to do. It's the very uh, very tough part of the process. NFL draft fact or fiction, Tease Tabor's groin was bothering him <laughs> at Florida Pro Day, the cornerback out of Florida. I will, of course, say fact. There's no doubt that his groin was bothering him. That's why he ran a 4-7. This sums up the draft process. If you like Tease Tabor, then, oh, yeah, of course. The groin, that's it. But if you don't like Tease Tabor... Well, why didn't the why did why did he run? Why not wait? Well, because he's tough. tough the yeah, why, that was toughness. Then why didn't he say something at the pro day? Why did he wait until damage control a few we weeks later? No, we're out here to compete. Then why bring it up a few weeks later? That was an accident. <laughs> accident. <laughs> I had to let that His agent got to him and said, hey, I, "It hey. is strange that you would like nobody runs slower at their pro day on a hand timer than they run electronically at the combine. It doesn't really it's happen. It's rare. Yeah. And then he did it, and it was like what." So I'm going to go groin. I'm going groin. I mean, if we're going to make excuses for Tease Tabor, like, I get it. Like, he's like, we know he's not the fastest. And 
I, the amount of stress he was probably feeling, you know, like uh, at the at the pro day, because you know, in his mind, I have to get better in that four six two. Yeah. I have to get better. I mean, so he's probably tense, and that know. won't work because you have to run relaxed. I, I learned this in high school track. That's why Michael Johnson's face used to bounce real nice when he right. was running the two hundred because he was perfectly relaxed. That's what you have to do. Well, the guy it, was stressed. A lot of it's mental, and, and that's something that T. Tabor wasn't able to do. And that uh, Jamal Adams, he did the exact. He did what T. Tabor needed to do going into LSU's pro day and running in the okay. Late, I need to talk threes, to the dude four that timed a four five six guy at four three eight or whatever. I was told it was mid four fours. Regardless, it was better. He did what Tease needed to do. I, I think I found a, a Tease Tabor comp that I'm comfortable with, and that's Malcolm Butler, the Patriots' talented corner. Who, if you watch him, he doesn't thrive on speed. That's not his game. At his pro day at West Alabama, he ran a four six two. Okay, and that, okay. that's what hate or that's what uh, that's a slow pro day, right? It's a very slow pro day, and that's basically what Tabor is. He's a four six two athlete, and so that's like the best example of a talented corner who can get the job done more than get the job done. Yeah. He, he can be a Pro Bowler, yeah, uh, but just isn't fast, isn't a burner, and yeah. so you can they, the case for Tease Tabor is there. It's just obviously you factor in all the other things with him. It, it remains one of the most interesting players in this draft. I would still make the case, like if, if uh, again, Cowboy fan here, if the Cowboys took Tabor at 28, I'd be happy with it. I'd be, I'd be happy with the pick, and I realize that if you talk to somebody who does it analytically, they'll be like, all right, name me the four, six, whatever corners have right. been good, and they'd give you a very short list, and they'd right. say it's a very short list. These are the odds you're betting on, and I actually don't think that's true because I think when you look at the NFL – how many guys that run that were given the chance? Because if you don't have awesome tape and right. you run a four six, you're just getting written off. You don't get a chance to find those guys. I, I don't know. I, I get it that you say, well, a guy runs a fly route and you're a man. You got to run with him. Even that's not necessarily true. Wide receivers play forward. Right. Corners play backward. Right. I get to touch you. I get to cut you off. I get to bump you off the route. Like there's things I can do that it's very rare that wide receiver and corner are just going to have yeah. a 40-yard foot race. No, yeah. I'm going to screw up his 40-yard dash. Right. That's my job. And so I would bet on him. I would bet on that guy, and I'm comfortable with that. If I miss on him, so be it. The I tape like is it. good. I think he's a good player. I like it. Uh, do we have any other fact or fictions we wanted to do? Quarterbacks in the first round, three and a half in Vegas. Fact or fiction, four will go in the first round. Uh. Four plus. Uh, I don't feel great about it, but I'll say over. I, and I, if you're doing a mock draft, it's kind of hard to you know fit all four in there. But I do think that we'll have a team, at least one, move up in the late first to get one. You know, whether it's Cleveland. Is it Mahomes or Kaiser? Is that your guess? Right. Yeah. Well, it, I'm working on a mock right now. I've got Trubisky top 10 and then a big gap. And then I've got Kansas City taking quarterback in round one which, you know, may or may not happen. They haven't done it since in the first round since, what, 1983. Um, yeah, they just wait until somebody's done with their first team and then pick them up, huh? Montana and Smith? Yeah. Elvis Gerbach? There were some players in between, I guess, between Montana and Smith. Uh, yeah, a few. <laughs> uh, Trent Green? Uh, uh, Trent Green point. died on the field. That's one theory I've been going with uh, my entire life. I think there's a fake Trent Green walking around. <laughs> I think we lost him. On we got to get Trent Green on the phone and ask him <laughs> after that big hit. Uh, but I, New York Giants. I mean, there's a lot of wild cards. 
Chiefs, Giants, that could go quarterback late first round. Uh, New Orleans at 32. But when you look at teams that could trade up in the late first, uh, like the Browns, like 49ers, because like, if you're the 49ers, at that point, it's almost worth the risk to take a quarterback at that point. If it pans out, great. If it doesn't, then you move on. Um, who else you got? Chicago, the Jets. Uh, maybe we see a team trade up in the late first. I don't feel great about it at all, but I'll say over on three and a half. One, two, three. I'm going to say under, but I'm just going off my evaluations and not what I think NFL teams are doing. Because on my evaluations, there's no freaking chance you can take four quarterbacks in the first round. So don't do it, guys. Deshaun Kaiser is going to bust. So is Pat Mahomes. Get ready for it. I, I disagree on the Two Kaiser. quarterback draft, Dane. The two quarterback draft. And number two might bust two. Might yeah. be a one quarterback draft. At least we agree on the top guy, right? Trubisky? Yeah. yeah. All right, we agree there. Well, we agreed last year, too. That didn't <laughs> yeah, go well. It's, it's, not it's going about terribly that. so far. Uh, okay, I think that'll do it for that. So we've done divisions every week, previewing the draft. The only ones we have left is the West. AFC West, NFC West. Which one do you like better? Pick a letter. Uh, let's start with AFC. The AFC West, alphabetically speaking, Denver Broncos are the first team up. I don't have the needs pulled up. Uh, Ill-prepared for the podcast today. Uh, well, I think offensive line. Uh, when you look at the the Broncos, and they have to protect the quarterback. What they Last year, I, I, they've lost Russell Kung. I know they added pieces like Leary, uh, which is, I think, a, a good signing for them. But it, it, they still need to get stronger. They need a franchise left tackle, if that's even still a thing. Though so, you know Garrett Bowles could be that guy potentially Ryan Ramchek, uh, I think left tackle still very much a strong need for the Broncos. And then look at tight end, uh, they really missing you know since Julius Thomas, they really missing that impact tight end uh, that they could really use in that offense. So uh, Do they want their tight end to block, and if so, who are they going to pick? I see OJ Howard, and then I'm looking at a whole bunch of receivers. Well, it, it, tight not end. necessarily at 20 in the right. first round, but this is such a strong tight end group that you know you could go with uh, one of the tight ends in the second round, whether that's an Evan Ingram or a, uh, Gerald Everett or Adam Shaheen, whoever it is. I think tight ends, you know, wouldn't be a shock if that's a position they go in the top three rounds. Kansas City Chiefs, man, it seems like we're getting to a lot of places where the quarterbacks are either running out of lifespan or not that good. Well, and we just yeah, we just mentioned that Kansas City is a candidate to possibly go quarterback in the first round. We've talked about it before with John Dorsey. He was with the Packers, director of uh, scouting when they went Aaron Rodgers in the late first round. The Chiefs sitting there at the back end of round one here this year. If a quarterback that they like that. Andy Reid and the front office all agree on is there for them that falls to them. Well, that makes some sense that they can stash behind Alex Smith for a year or two and they've got their franchise uh, long term mapped out. So I think quarterback absolutely makes sense. Uh, You have to look on defense uh, corner. I think it's a possibility, but middle linebacker inside linebacker. I mean, Derek Johnson is just he's on his last legs Uh, injury wise hasn't been able to keep up. So I think I'll get you a little maybe uh, Raquan McMillan. Maybe that's a little early for Jared me. Jared Davis. Jared Davis to me, that's the guy. Now, if he doesn't go sooner, uh, which I think he very well could, I, I think at twenty-seven for Kansas City, that sure make a lot of sense. Neither one of them is better than Duke Riley at LSU. Ooh. Just if you're wondering, shots fired. Je- no, not shots fired. Man propped up. That's what I, that is. That's giving credit to a guy. Uh, let's see, Oakland Raiders. Would you say one of the better rosters in football? They can block. 
Yeah. They certainly have receivers. They have a quarterback. Right. Defensively. That's, and I think that's they where they have to They could use a tight end. They could use a running back. They could use defensive help. Yeah, I think middle linebacker. What we just talked about with Kansas City, I, that's why I mentioned if Jared Davis is there, because I think Jared Davis would make a ton of sense for the Raiders sitting there at 24. Uh, if they go in that direction, Zach Cunningham's also in that mix. Uh, they could use help up front. Uh, you know, you always use more uh, defensive help, uh, rushing the passer. Uh, and then, look, is Marshawn Lynch going to be a Raider? Maybe. Yes. It, it, yes, whether it is or not. Is okay. For about two months. Dalvin Cook last year at 24. Oh, yeah. I'd go, yeah, immediately. Yeah. That's even, if, even if Lynch is on your roster. Yeah. 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 Easy pick. And, and I think for the Raiders, that has to be an option. Uh, if one of these running backs, one of the top three running backs, falls now, I mean, there's you. a better running back that you could pick there. Sure. Wild card. Uh, you know, he'd fit right in <laughs> with the Raiders. Probably. No for offense. For no reason. Yeah. Not for any particular reason. None at all. Just say. San Diego Chargers is our last team in the AFC West. Uh, let's see. Wide, I'm just going off the top of my head. Wide receiver depth chart. Uh, it seems like every year they lose their number one, and then they just get by with a bunch of uh, not really good players. Quarterback is getting old. I th- that is a like a, a, a destination for a quarterback that would surprise us, but it really shouldn't. I mean, Phillip Rivers is... Obviously getting up there. I mean, if we're talking about potentially the Giants going quarterback with Eli Manning. Well, the difference is, is that the Giants have a bad quarterback uh, and the Chargers have a good quarterback who's okay. old. Even though the, I mean, the Giants made the playoffs last year. Yeah, it's a team game. Okay. I, I've been trying. I've been. This is great that you're here because I can teach you. I've been teaching okay, so many you. people lately. Hold on. It turns out that football Let me settle is a, in. It's okay. a team sport. Yes. Uh, so, you know, you don't have to have the best quarterback it sure is nice when you have the best quarterback but Eli Manning is pretty much uh, the greatest story ever told in football how you can be an average to below average starter and do it for a long time and make a ton of money and you even get to go to the Hall of Fame Fame, they'll probably go to the Hall of Fame and he's been worse than Alex Smith his whole career so congrats Eli I agree Eli Manning is an average quarterback I mean that's and you can win with those guys you You know uh, but you team build well yeah Chargers haven't. I, I agree with you. It is a team game. I, I do think there is some validity to the whole quarterback wins thing. It's it, you know it, it's the most important position in sports. So I, I I care about how many games you win as a quarterback. But I agree, it's far from the be all end all of what makes a quarterback and what helps a team win championships. Um, but no, I with the Chargers uh, quarterback, I, like I said, it shouldn't surprise us. But I think it would if they did go quarterback in the first two rounds. Uh, aside from that, uh, okay, you're not going to go quarterback. How about helping out your quarterback, giving him more offensive line help? I know they signed Russell Okung, but it, that's just, it's not enough. Uh, I mean, Joseph Barksdale was, you know, spotty at best. I mean, you have to, wait, that was quick. Uh, you have way too many leaks on that offensive line. Uh, patch some of them through the draft, get your quarterback some help. Uh, and then when you're picking at number seven. Hey, come away with an impact player. I mean, maybe that's Malik Hooker. Malik Hooker's been the most mocked. Yeah, and it seems like if it he's seems there, like it's the fit, right? Yeah, they they they're really missing that impact guy in the back half. You know, since Weddle left, so Malik Hooker could be the next Eric Weddle. If Hooker goes seven, there could very well end up a decade from now four or five teams that picked before seven that are kind of like, man, what were we doing? Yeah, right. Why did we pick a quarterback or a defensive end or? Malik Hooker went seven. Get ready. Ed Reed's coming back in the league.
NFC West, Arizona Cardinals alphabetically would be the first team that we start with there. Another team. Could be a quarterback in yeah. one. I, I mean, they're picking 13th overall. So, if uh, are they willing to pull the trigger there? I don't know. I, only they know their quarterback evaluations. But they've talked about it at length this offseason about uh, how Carson Palmer would be open to the idea, how uh, it's uh, the toughest decision is when do you okay is it too early to go after that quarterback uh you know how what, what's the right point to get that quarterback of the future i i think you can't rule it out at 13 it's definitely an option if, if they see their guy there if they don't go there you have to look at defense corner safety both options wide receiver you know they obviously michael floyd's gone larry fitzgerald this could be his last year Wide receiver definitely in play there as this well. This is the first. This is the first year where, if you're picking 13, I would just rather. I wish it was a snake draft, and I'd be like, <laughs> "You pick 13, I'll pick later, and then I'll pick again before you pick," uh, because I would, as a team that needs a corner or a pass rusher, and I think we said I said the same thing last week. I don't want to be the dude that has to pick. I don't want to be the guy that has to declare who the second best corner is in this draft and get laughed at later. Right. When, well, when there's dudes in the third round that get picked and start and are better. But if you want a receiver, 13, that's kind of where you want to pick, oh, right? Oh, yeah, 13, yeah, yeah, yeah. As a, yeah. Well, I want to pick before that because I want Corey Davis, and he could go before Yeah, that, he could. I think. But you still have Mike Williams, John Ross. I mean, you, you have your pick of some talent there, so you're not going to be shut out of the position. Um, and also a quarterback. You know, there's a chance that, you know, there's say there's one quarterback off the board. You have your choice, whether it's Deshaun Watson or whoever your top quarterback is. You can go there and secure that guy at 13, or potentially. I mean, it. I, I, I like when we do these needs and we talk about each team. I, I can just hear the fans listening saying, "Well, trade back, trade back." I think that's the ideal scenario Everybody for wants to all 32 back. teams. It's just not realistic because right. who's giving up second and third round picks or future ones, future seconds to move up in this draft? It just it's just not realistic. Yeah. And so, will we see a trade or two? Probably, just because we always do. It's bound to happen, probably for a quarterback. But it's just not realistic for your team to uh, that be the most viable option this year. The Los Angeles Rams, uh, based on my calculations, they need to add 11 quality starters. Including and, quarterback? And then our quarterback might have a chance. You, you said 11, so it's including a quarterback? No, or? no, no, total. You know, oh, okay. there's 22 spots. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, not just on offense. No, okay, just gotcha. need like 11. You know, we got Aaron Donald and some other guys. Right, right, and, right. And then we just need a whole bunch of help. Are, are they just wide open? They can't block. Well, and they don't have a first-round pick. They can't block at all. Right, so I think when they have an early second-round pick. Uh, yeah, I think you look on offense, offensive line, it makes the most sense. You invested the whole world in a quarterback. Right. You invested a really high pick in a running back, and you can't block for either of them. Good luck. And you brought in some veteran help in free agency, and that's great, but you need to help, you need to build on that offensive line, so definitely that makes some sense. Uh, I think in a perfect world, a guy like Forrest Lamp would fall to you in that early second round. Is their center terrible? What about if maybe the Ohio State guy, if he made it? They brought in a stopgap option, um, so I... I don't, I don't know. Elf line in early second. I mean, it's still in the thirties. To me, that's oh, I'm early. okay with that. I like him. I like him I'm too. I'm a big fan. Hmm. I don't know if I like it. Or play him at guard if you need to. Whatever. Maybe he he can't play guard. Uh, and then you look on defense. Corner needs some work. Uh, I mean, they could use another pass rusher. I mean, Robert Quinn is uh, Robert Quinn, but they could still use some more pass rush help. So yeah, I think you're right. 
the Rams are really wide open. They, they can go in so many different directions because they need help in so many different areas. So the San Francisco 49ers, who I do believe are tanking, uh, they're going to go ahead and flip to a 4-3, even though they've been investing in 3-4 defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. And so now I guess I think DeForest Buckner could still play end. Right. Does Eric Armstead become a one technique? I think because a trade ship. Yeah, just you know, kind of have a good time, get out of here. Right, and I, I think Armstead showed a little bit of growth last year, development, and so I think there is some appeal there for a three four team. Um, it, maybe they use that on draft on draft weekend to move up in the second round, or you know, from the second to the late first, or from you know the late third to the early, or back into the second, something like that. Include Armstead as a trade chip. So if I'm San Francisco, this is just me. I think I would take Jonathan Allen. Shoulders and everything. And number two. I believe in Jonathan Allen as the three technique. I think him and Aaron Donald are the only two guys in the world that can be 280-some-odd pounds as a three technique, and I think he's strong enough. I think that he offers enough as a pass rusher from the three that I think Jonathan Allen is awesome. Mm -hmm. I think that's who I would pick if I was them. Okay. Marshawn Lattimore is not a bad pick. No. If you want to go corner. I don't think a corner has ever been taken number two overall. But Welcome to this draft yeah, class. Yeah. I, I'm t- I, if I'm the Niners, I'm taking Hooker. I mean, like, like I said, I think there's two difference makers yeah, in this draft. Works. Garrett and Hooker. And I, I've heard people say, well, they, you know, they have all these safeties. It doesn't matter who's on the roster right now. They're not guys that John Lynch drafted. They're not guys that, you know, Kyle Shanahan uh, drafted and wants to coach. Uh, we don't know that, you know. It, this regime is going to want their guys, and when you're picking number two in overall, your goal is to get the number two player in this draft, and maybe even the number one player, depending on your ranking. So if you think that uh, Hooker's that guy, it should not matter who is at safety on your roster. You take him, and you figure out how to get the best players on the on the field at once. Seattle Seahawks, another team that can't block. Yeah. Offensive line, is that big need number area. one? Uh, you have to. I, I mean, I... I They've used just patchwork, you know, to to cover up those issues, and I think it's time that they invest in in a Garrett Bowles, uh, a Ryan Ramchek. One of those guys is available now. If both are gone, uh, then you start looking towards defense. You know, they could use another corner. Especially, we don't know what's going on with Richard Sherman. Are they get you know this trade talks not going away? Uh, I mean, even if they if it doesn't get traded this off season, you know Richard Sherman probably only has how many more years before he is eventually let go. So I think defense they need some help. Um, you know, Kevin King. I, it's almost like it makes too much sense that it's not going to happen. Oh yeah. You know, he's a it went to he he played his college football in Seattle. He he's six three. He's six they three. Like him six three. Exactly. He fits exactly what Seattle likes to do on defense at, at the cornerback position outside. So. It, it makes too much sense. that It's almost like it, there's no way it'll happen. All right, I'm done. You got anything else? No, that wraps it up. That's it. Trust the tape. Episode 46,371 is in the books. Get the guide. Get the Please. draft guide at DP Won't regret it. I promise. On Twitter. Uh, it's pinned there at the top. I think I have something pinned at the top of mine at JC1053 to try to get a guy to drink a beer. It's been in beer retirement for there a you while. Go. So if you want to sign Equally that, as important. If you want to sign that petition, that would be fine. And we'll talk to you next week. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.